Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to EXO Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. This is your host, Bunny Michael. How are you? I hope you had a beautiful week. I'm so happy and blessed to be back here with you. Happy Vernal Equinox on the 20th. And I hope all of you out there felt a breath of fresh air, whether it's the beginning of spring for you over here or the beginning of fall. The transition creates a huge shift in us as well because we are nature, right? I've been thinking a lot about rebirth and renewal and how that manifests for us from the perspective of our higher self. What we call higher self here is the part of us that comes from source and is connected to all things. It's our true essence and our shared consciousness, or you could say one consciousness. And so it is higher in the sense of a higher state of consciousness that is aware of that truth. You can use whatever term you want for that though. God, goddess, love, source, Atman, nirvana, the divine within, whatever resonates with you. So when I think of the symbolism of spring, it's not so much a rebirth, it's a flowering of our true essence. It's us surrendering to our natural unfolding and awaking consciousness. One of my favorite books that I read right when I was becoming more and more aware of my spiritual path, and I was actually going through a really hard time in my life, um, this is many, many years ago, and I had started uh, taking yoga for the first time, and it was sort of the first experience I had where somebody was talking about terms like, you know, being present, my yoga teacher was using terminology like that, and I really didn't have any relationship to that, but I picked up a book called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and I think it was like an Oprah Winfrey um, book club book or something like that. And I was like, hmm, let me just let me just give this a chance. And I I really had never read like a spiritual book before, and it was a really great first book for me to read and it had a huge impact on my perspective and sort of initiated this path within me, this awareness within me that then I grew, you know, 
along the years and, and, you know, like we all do, we get more and more aware and we become more and more healed. But at that time in my life, I, w- I was going through a particularly dark time and that book really got me out of it. And so I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. But I wanted to, before we get to the questions, just to share with you this one um, passage about flowers because I think it really pertains to this um, moment of spring and I just thought you might find it sweet and inspirational. It definitely is a passage that touches my heart. Okay, so here it goes. Earth, 114 million years ago, one morning just after sunrise, the first flower ever to appear on the planet opens up to receive the rays of the sun. Prior to this momentous event that heralds an evolutionary transformation in the life of plants, the planet has already been covered in vegetation for millions of years. The first flower probably did not survive for long, and flowers must have remained rare and isolated phenomena, since conditions were most likely not yet favorable for widespread flowering to occur. One day, however, a critical threshold was reached, and suddenly there would have been an explosion of color and scent all over the planet if a perceiving consciousness had been there to witness it. Much later, those delicate and fragrant beings we call flowers would come to play an essential part in the evolution of consciousness of another species. Humans would increasingly be drawn to and fascinated by them. As the consciousness of human beings developed, flowers were most likely the first thing they came to value that had no utilitarian purpose for them, that is to say was not linked in some way to survival. They provided inspiration to countless artists, poets, and mystics. Jesus tells us to contemplate the flowers and learn from them how to live. The Buddha is said to have given a silent sermon once, during which he held up a flower and gazed at it. After a while, one of those present, a monk called Mahisyapa, began to smile. He is said to have been the only one who had understood the sermon. According to legend, that smile, that is to say realization, was handed down by 28 successive masters and much later became the origin of Zen. So flowers have played a very significant role in our awakening of consciousness as humans. And that's because when we look at them and we see the growth and we see the transformation and we see the beauty, a part of us realizes that that is also happening within us, that we are flowering, that we are evolving, that we are blooming. And we could recognize our connection to that flower and to all beings on the planet and in the universe. And that feeling within us is probably the most real thing that we can experience. And it's something that you can't necessarily describe with words. It's something that you can't necessarily paint in a picture it's, it's just something that you feel in a part of you that is deeper than who you are as far as your personality, as far as how the world defines you. It touches us all in the place in which we're all connected. And that place is our higher self. So I just wanted to share that passage with you. I hope that you are all feeling the beauty and the natural blooming of your own consciousness and just surrendering to that and not needing to force it, but just just let it unfold naturally. And I just want you to know that we're all doing it together. We're all on this path together. And I'm just so proud of us, you know, for, for doing this work and for sticking with it and just 
make sure that you're giving yourself a lot of gratitude for that because it isn't easy. It isn't easy um, in this world. It's not an easy path, but it's, it's so worth it, right? All right, let's get to the questions. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I just got out of my longest relationship yet. I kind of felt it coming and I knew that I was sacrificing more than I wanted to be for him, but I loved him a lot and convinced myself to forgive him every time he hurt me. I had this disillusion that he would change because he was, on one hand, very sweet and caring, but on another hand, very egotistical and controlling. We broke up once before about six months ago and he convinced me to take him back only to decide now that he's not ready to make compromises or change for someone else. I understand needing the room to be your own person, but it's been incredibly frustrating to hear his reasoning as a lot of the things he said he needs are things he's taken from me. He wants freedom and room to be an individual, but he used to go through my Instagram DMs and tell me to unfollow random people because he was convinced I was interested in them. He wants time alone, but he used to call me repeatedly when I wouldn't answer the first time and didn't respect boundaries I was trying to set around my own alone time. I made an effort to respect his boundaries and always try to give him unconditional support to make his own decisions. It just hurts to have given up certain things myself or remember that he used to argue with me until I would give in about letting him see my phone only to be told he needs more space. I'm struggling a lot with the fact that I didn't speak up during the time we were together and now I regret not being more stern. I've decided to have a clean break and cut contact with him entirely but I have all these things I wish I could say to speak up for myself now but I know it's too late. Any advice on coping with the fact that some people may not see the dissonances in the way they treat you versus the way they want to be treated and knowing that you'll never be able to vocalize your pain to someone who hurt you. Thanks for all you do, Bunny. I can totally relate, and I'm sure a lot of people listening can, to feeling like someone who hurt you will never fully realize it and never take full accountability. And that hurts and it's frustrating and it brings up a lot of anger and resentment. And it's okay for you to have those feelings now. It's okay to be pissed off because you didn't get pissed off enough in the past when he treated you unfairly. You need to let it out. Your higher self is the grounded part of you that can hold all those feelings and help you process them. Your higher self is holding you through it all. It's the compassionate heart that knows painful experiences are not easy, but that you can learn from them and grow from them. We've all had that one bad relationship, right? Or at least one. (laughs) The one that really showed us what we don't want in a partner. But At the time when we were in it, we didn't realize how bad it was. And then we got some perspective and we get all mad at ourselves for having not stood up for ourselves earlier or letting someone treat us badly. And yes, we are angry at that person, but a part of us is also angry at ourselves for letting us get taken advantage of. But that anger is really uncalled for because we We're simply doing our best and we were trying to love in the best way we knew how. You can't learn unless you make some wrong turns. So this desire to make him realize what he did and what a hypocrite he's being will actually lessen, that desire will lessen the more you forgive yourself, the more you let yourself off the hook. You didn't do anything wrong. And you don't need him to validate that. You only need yourself. 
You don't need him to change. You need to change what you think you need from him. On a deeper level, he already knows the truth. His higher self is fully aware. Is he capable or willing right now to listen to his higher self? Well, that's no longer your concern. That's his journey. Your only concern is yours. Will you listen to your higher self now and realize that you are whole with or without his validation or him telling you that he made a mistake? Will you let yourself enjoy your new beginning and seek relationships that are supportive and, you know, just let yourself have fun? Over time, you won't think about him as much and you will realize that experience made you more aware of how lovable you truly are. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Dear Bunny, thank you for everything you do. I've been a fan since um, Instagram memes years ago where I found your face and uh, I tr it really felt relatable, really felt like um, spiritually close to me, what you were doing there. So now I found your podcast and just excited about being able to talk to you in this way. Um, so... I've been uh, in a polyamorous relationship for a few months now, I guess. But we just did it for a month before I moved away from to in across the world. Sorry, I'm stuttering a little. So the person I was seeing, him or them, are um, they have mental a collection of mental issues that are really intense. Um, dissociative identity disorder and schizophrenia and OCD and uh, yeah I think that it's not a limit even uh, and they're also very sweet heart artist beautiful person and um, just it was very uneven from the very beginning with how they approached women didn't feel fully safe and caring but it was clear that they were trying to be accountable and come to terms with the dysfunction and work on But then sometimes it was, again, like when we were in a distance, it was very, very intense. Um, uh, the fact that they had a primary relationship or wanted to think of it as that didn't make sense because... I basically was their primary when we met and they didn't even talk to their primary partner. So for me, that hierarchy didn't make sense. But my question really is, 
This person also has a drug addiction, and that drug addiction makes their mental health even worse. And me and his partner, that we're friends now, and very good friends, and they're both very worried, and she's there, she's trying to do things for him, get him help. And I just feel so sad when I look at his Facebook posts or like he would disappear from communication with me and I think maybe it's not proper for me to talk. Last time I just cried on the phone and and so and so how do I still support them and take care of my stuff, my life? I'm building a new business in coaching and creativity facilitation um, and I'm all the way here and I just feel very distressed when I look at his post whenever I do, but it doesn't happen just randomly because I don't follow him. It's just a friend list thing. So do you do you recommend abandoning people? I feel bad because I know also that they're going through this hard time, and but I don't think I can do anything besides for me at this point. Thank you. It's really hard to watch the people we love make choices that aren't good for them, especially around drug addiction. It sounds to me that the drug addiction is what makes this relationship unsafe emotionally for you. Their addiction prevents them from managing their mental health issues and continuing on their healing path. The circumstances that have brought them to this point most likely had to do with their trauma and with the lack of awareness around neurodiversity and addiction in our culture, getting access to healing isn't easy. So of course you feel compassionate for their plight and care deeply about their well-being and want them to take care of themselves and want to share a relationship with them because you actually really, really admire them and know that they are a really good person at heart. But you cannot take care of them. You cannot do that for them, whether or not you stay in their life. It's out of your control. And from what I can hear, this relationship is actually creating more harm and traumatizing you. There's a reason why people who struggle with addiction need professional help outside of their friends and family. It's because they need support that doesn't trigger them because it isn't linked to any guilt or anger they might feel towards that person. Because every time they make a mistake, it just adds more things for them to feel guilty about and for you to feel hurt and resentful toward. Your higher self is the part of you that loves beyond the circumstances and the conditioning of our human personalities. It's the love within you that comes from the source of all life and is connected to every other sentient being. Your higher self doesn't see your friend defined by their behavior. Your higher self sees them as a loving, compassionate person who is struggling to understand their own worth. But your higher self also sees you as a loving, compassionate person who struggles to see their own worth because we all do. And your higher self knows that this relationship is not a place right now that is helping either of you on that path. It's enabling more experiences that will need further healing. Creating a boundary in a relationship is not abandoning a person because you are doing it from love. You know the best way to love them is to not enable the behavior that keeps them in the role of hurting you. It's a form of protection. It's an act of love. 
Now, they may not see it that way. They may feel abandoned, but that's because their addiction is clouding the awareness of their higher self. Deep in their heart, they know what they really need. It isn't you. It's professional help and getting sober. Trust what your heart is telling you. I think it's taken you a lot of time and insight to come to the realization of you needing to make a change. And I can hear that you are close to realizing that you're actually worth making that change. And even though it's painful, sometimes the loving thing hurts, you know, sometimes the loving thing is the more challenging thing and and it is painful, but you should never, ever, ever feel guilty for taking care of your emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm wishing you all the best and all the best to your friend who is struggling. Hi, Bunny. Um, my question is about um, moving on and acceptance. Um, I'm sorry if I get a little emotional because this has just been really hard for me. Um, so last year... Um, I broke up with my partner of almost two years. And I did it out of an anxious fit of um, pain and rage. And I was so fearful from the future and what I thought of him and my sexuality and everything that I couldn't see properly. And I come from like a, a long background of trauma and abuse and lack of support and love and I'm working on that um and I've had like a spiritual awakening this year where I've changed my thought process and how I am and I'm working to um not leave my life with um anxiety but yeah and my partner ex-partner he was just so full of love and his vibration was so high that I felt like he couldn't reach me um, because I was so low and I was in terrible mental health and we broke up and it's been a year and I've tried to move on and I've tried to love myself and it's hard and I've changed and I've made a difference but recently I've seen that he's you know been hanging out with um like other girls and he's been um just on t- he's on tinder now and i don't blame him you know it's been like a year he has um every right to move on and everything and all this stuff but you know and we still talk we're really good friends like he was my best friend but i can't help but holding on to all the love that he could give me and has given me and i thought we were gonna get married and have children and that he was somehow gonna help me heal my anxiety but you know, he's never had, he never had any experience with mental illness until I came around. And it's hard not to have, to not let my ego put it into my mind that he's just going to go get, um, go be with someone who is perfectly fine um, and doesn't have these issues. Because, you know, I've always hoped for the future that we would both grow, you know, as people and come back together. I want that so badly, but I don't know if it's going to happen. And I'm just so fearful of that. And I feel like it's getting in the way of me living my own life. Because I am very independent. I have dreams and I have goals for myself. But I just feel like they're overshadowed by this, like, ghost love that I have. Or 
because I know that he's not perfect, and I'm not perfect at all. But he made me feel so secure, and I just don't know how to feel that security again. So my question for you is, how do we move on without letting go completely, I guess? And how do you know when someone's right for you and if you should be friends with an ex? And if that friendship is hurting you by seeing them move on, should you still be friends with them? Yeah, so I think that's my question. Um, thank you so much for everything you do. You've helped me so much. And for everybody listening, um, I hope that you find strength in your own personal growth as I'm trying to myself. So thank you. Yeah, that's it. Um, thank you for the sweet message. You know, your decision a year ago to end the relationship and work on yourself took a lot of courage. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit for the inner work you have done. You followed your higher self that knew you needed to focus on your own healing. And I want to just say that just because someone doesn't have anxiety and trauma to the degree that we have at whatever moment in their life doesn't mean their vibration is higher than us. We are all high. We are all vibrating on a high level. There is no hierarchy um, in the spiritual path. It's actually the struggle. It's the suffering that shows us the depth of who we are. How we can access who we are beyond our trauma is something that we all have to go through because that's how we heal. Just because you have been healing wounds does not make you any less spiritually aware. You have been facing what so many people are afraid to face. So many people are terrified to look inward, terrified to see things that they don't like. So they avoid, they distract, not you. But now this discovery of him possibly seeing other people is is triggering you. It's taking you out of that perspective of your higher self to the perspective of your ego, the belief that there is a hierarchy of human worth and that you have to prove your worthiness. Your higher self knows you ended the relationship because you needed to take care of yourself. But your ego sees your ex as a symbol of what you can't have because you are a quote unquote wounded person. And now that he might be with someone else, whoever that person is becomes another symbol for what you're lacking, right? That person he chooses is whole and healed and healthy compared to you. So here you are, this wounded person, and there they go, vibrating higher, deserving each other. But truthfully, that isn't what's happening at all, and your higher self knows it. Everyone has wounds. Everyone has insecurities. Maybe he doesn't seem to be in a challenging place right now, but that doesn't mean he doesn't struggle or that there will be a time in the future where he will have to do a lot of healing and need support in that. That's what life looks like. It's ups and downs. And the more in touch you are with the part of yourself that isn't afraid to go deeper, to be accountable and to show up for your inner work, the easier it is to manage those ups and downs. And from that perspective, you have a leg up in that department. Just because he can't relate at this time or couldn't when you were together could mean that it wasn't so much about you not being healed, but the two of you not having that compatibility. I mean, maybe you needed someone who could go deeper with you. I'm not sure. But it's okay that now you feel sad. Just because you broke up a year ago doesn't mean the first time 
the two of you start dating other people, it won't be painful. It will. It always is, even if you know you don't actually want to be together. If new boundaries from the friendship will help you limit that pain, then absolutely set those boundaries, just like you did before. Do what you need to do to stay in your own healing path. At some times in our life, we have to stop putting ourselves in situations we know will trigger us. That doesn't mean we can't at some point grow out of those triggers. But just like an alcoholic can't step into a bar in the first few years of sobriety, we all know what it's like to need some space from the ex for our own well-being. Just keep going on your path. You are doing an amazing, amazing job. And I promise you, this painful feeling is temporary and you will get through it. Hi, Bunny. Uh, first off, I just want to thank you so much for all of the good vibes that you put out uh, into the universe through all of your various platforms. Um, I know you help so many people and you've really helped me during a difficult time as I, I moved to a different country at the beginning of the pandemic by myself for work. Uh, my long distance partner and I broke up about five months into the pandemic and I found myself, you know, here alone in another country, uh, far away from my friends and family and feeling kind of isolated and sad. And uh, that was when I discovered your podcast and, and hearing other people's voices and uh, knowing that other people were going through similar things to me or going through their own things like to which I could relate uh, was really helpful for me and really made me feel less alone during a really difficult time. So I want to thank you for that personally. Uh, anyway, my question has to do with feeling desired, I guess, and and basing my happiness on external validation. So basically, I find that if I'm not in a relationship with someone and I'm single or, you know, just dating casually, I really start to feel a sense of anxiety and panic almost if no one is pursuing me romantically at any given time. Uh, to the point that if I, if I realize there's nobody who seems like they're interested and is trying to woo me or get my attention, I will go on the apps, you know, Tinder, Bumble, and, and just swipe until I find enough people or whatever uh, to make me feel like I'm desirable and like I'm pretty and a cool person, somebody that you know, people would want to date. And in the same vein, I find that when I, you know, match with somebody who I really like or who seems really cool to me, however much you can really judge these things based on apps, um, I will feel just, you know, fantastic when they message me back and I'll get really excited about that. And then conversely, if they stop messaging me, I, I immediately start questioning everything about myself in relation to, to this interaction. Like, did I say something wrong? Did I, am I, did they realize I'm not good enough for them or something? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I know higher self would say that just because you're not being pursued actively by someone doesn't mean you're not desirable, but I'm really having trouble figuring out how to begin the journey on, on realizing that myself and, and, and unlocking, I guess, my, my higher self in that regard and not feeling like just because nobody is pursuing me, I'm, I'm not desirable romantically or, or I'm not good enough in some way otherwise. Anyway, just would love to hear your thoughts on this and thank you so much. Bye. All those thoughts are coming from your ego mind, the learned belief system that you need outside validation to be whole and worthy. And you know what? 
that's okay because we all have thoughts that come in our mind from our ego. The point isn't to be able to completely get rid of those thoughts. The point is to start not believing what they're telling you. You know, like you said, you don't need people pursuing you to be desirable. You are your higher self. You are not your ego. And you obviously are aware of that a lot of the time. It's just your thinking patterns get stuck in a cycle of ego boost and ego rejection that you have to work on disidentifying with. I have a meme that says, me, my ego was hurt from that rejection. Higher self, the ego loves a boost just as much as a rejection because it enforces the belief that some are more worthy than others. The ego is the belief that there is a hierarchy in human worth and it's always looking for either the lack in you or the lack in others for self-preservation. It has to constantly enforce its own reality. So that is why when you're stuck in the ego, you either feel better than other people or worse than other people. And you sort of roller coaster back and forth depending on how you see people seeing you. The wild thing is that even if you had like 10 people pursuing you in one week and it gave you an ego boost, if the next week 15 people pursued you, I can guarantee if it went back to 10 the week after that, the ego would see it as a rejection. So one week, 10 people is an ego boost and the next 10 people is a rejection because the ego is always focused on lack and there is never enough for the ego because you aren't enough, remember? It's hard not to get swept up in that roller coaster, especially around dating and especially on the apps. The whole swipe left and right based on like a millisecond of a judgment is the ego on overdrive. But that doesn't mean you can't bring higher self into your dating life and prioritize coming from a place of wholeness. The thing about desirability is that it's totally how you see yourself, not how others see you. You could have a ton of people wanting you and still feel unattractive, or you could have no one pursuing you at that time and still feel smoking hot. Desirability is just another word for, you know, feeling sexy and confident. And there are many ways to feel sexy that don't require other people. Wink, wink. Maybe this is an opening for you to awaken to desiring yourself, to really get into your own sexual magic, to feel more in touch with the spiritual aspect of your sexuality. Maybe the part of you that thinks you need other humans to validate you is really your body craving some life force, some organic, orgasmic power. Maybe the technology of the apps is sucking you dry. What if you took a break from the apps and bought yourself a book on sex magic and took some time to quiet that ego voice, you know, just took a break? What if your love spoke louder and became more vibrant and experimental and passionate? You move to another country on your own. I know you have a knack for new discoveries. Coming off of a hard breakup takes some transition and it's okay that you needed some ego boost to sort of get you out of that rut. That's totally okay. I remember when I got out of a rough breakup years ago, I went on a tear on the apps and you know what? I, I kind of needed that. But that type of pleasure is fleeting. It's not really sustainable. Real pleasure comes from a deeper place inside you. 
And the more in touch you are with that inner power, the more you can enjoy your sexuality and be in touch with your desirability with or without sexual partners. It's an energy that you always have access to. My good friend Alexandra Roxo actually just wrote a book and it's called Fuck Like a Goddess. And in that book, she talks a lot about accessing her magical, spiritual, sexual expression without a partnership. And um, that book might be a really good place for you to start. The point is, is that this lesson of learning how to access your own desirability is something that we all eventually go through with or without a partner. Because even if you're in a long-term relationship, if you're not working on your inner light, if you're not connecting to your inner sexual power, you can feel less and less desired over time, no matter how much your partner claims to desire you. It really is a perspective and a consciousness that you have to access within yourself. And it is your nature, you know, that your sexual energy, your desirability, your sex drive, you know, all those parts of you, it is part of your nature. It is part of your organic life. And the more in touch you are with your nature, the more connected you are to your spirit, the easier it is to access that, that part of you that comes from a higher consciousness, that comes from a healed place, that, that realizes that the experience of sex is actually a very spiritual one, and it can be. And, and in that way, it's, it's, it's very beautiful. And I think this is an opportunity for you to go deeper into that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful time for that. And now that you are out of this relationship, it's giving you the space So I'm actually really excited for you. It's something that we all work on. It's something that I'm working on too. And um, I'm sending you lots of love. Well, that wraps up this week. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so wonderful to listen to your questions and have the opportunity and the honor to answer them. Please keep sending them in. We all need support. Your willingness to be vulnerable on this podcast is healing a lot of people. It's helping people feel less alone. So we are all really, really grateful for your honesty and your vulnerability on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. Remember to support us on Patreon and get access to bonus episodes every other Friday. Patreon.com backslash self. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Remember to look at the flowers. Remember to think about your own flowering, your own evolving consciousness, the journey that is really going on, right? That's all that's really going on. We're all in a different place in in the awakening of our consciousness. And it underlines every aspect of our life. So the more we tend to that, the more we tend to our eternal essence, to our eternal love, the love that connects us to every living thing on the planet, the easier it is to stay grounded when things around us happen in ways that we can't control. Because that's the nature of life. That's the nature of this human experience. Things are going to happen that aren't easy. Some days are going to be easier than others. But when you stay grounded in your higher self, you can write it out with a lot more inner peace. All right? Sending you lots of love. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. Have a great week. Bye. 
EXO Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 